30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard So there's a story that you might have heard before because I tell it all the time about how I became a wizard. And this story starts in 2014 in New York City, where I was living at the time. I rented a rehearsal studio in Midtown Manhattan. I went there with a big backpack full of candles and various other accoutrements. And I performed a ritual reaching out through time and space to connect with the most wizardly version of myself that I could possibly be trusting that that version of me would have the magic to pull me forward in time and to make my life more magical, as I then had the experiences that made me more fully a wizard. If you want the full version of this story, you can just listen to the first episode of this podcast, which took place on November 30th, 2018, where I tell the whole story. And now I can tell the story about that story, about how I was getting ready for that event and I was creating something new and I realized that just telling people I was a wizard didn't really get me that far because they would go, oh, cool. Now what? And I didn't know either. But by creating this podcast, this ritual that you are experiencing now, I gave people something to come to, something that they could listen to understand the ideas of wizardry, to marinate in the magic, and to hopefully help them see their world in a more magical way. So now we're four years on from that podcast, eight years on from that initial ritual to become a wizard. It's November 30th, 2022, and I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky, where I now live, where I'm part of a magical community that has been created around the monthly event I organize called Wizard Wednesday, and I've just been featured on the cover of the Leo Weekly, Louisville's alternative newspaper, where I had an amazing 11-page story documenting the story I just told you about how I became a wizard, how I created a podcast, how that led to a community and led me to Kentucky. So for this very extra special episode, I'm going to turn the tables on the journalist who wanted to talk to a wizard and learn how to write about wizardry. Carolyn, welcome to The Ritual. Thank you for having me, Devin. I'm really excited to be here. How many episodes of the podcast do you think you've listened to? I would say at least 75% of them. I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot honestly say that I have listened to all of them. Well, that's but, fine. They're not all good. <laughs> <laughs> but the vast, vast majority of them, definitely. Here's the thing, though. Um, I listened to them on 1.8 times the speed. Oh, yeah. Which can be kind of funny sometimes. Like the, the 69 episode, um, I did not realize at first that that music is actually supposed to be like slow and sensual because <laughs> to me, it was like really upbeat and jaunty. And I was yeah. like, okay, I guess if this is what he's giving people for sex music, then all right. But no, most of them I just listen to um, quickly, like sometimes while I'm writing, sometimes, you know, while I'm doing other things. And uh, that's just how I've, you know, gotten to uh, get acquainted with the podcast and with you as part of that. 
So you know, as you listen to the podcast, that it's a time and space spanning ritual that involves all of the guests who ever have or ever will listen to it. And so that includes you. You have now become part of the ritual. Did you say the magic words out loud? Most of the time. Most Not of the time. Not all of the time. That's okay. We aim for most of the time. Yeah. But I know what my magic word is going to be. I've been thinking about it for the last like three weeks. That magic word is jumping out of your throat. What's the magic word going to be? Story. Story. Ooh, what a perfect <laughs> word. Great. So relevant with the intro that I just spun <laughs> out. Uh, amazing. Magic at work, people. All right. On the count of three, say it with me. One, two, three. Story. story. All right. So tell me where your story began about writing this article, because I, I know you mentioned something about being grumpy in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So it was on June 29th, 2022, which I'm pretty sure was a Wednesday. Okay. You can tell me whether or not that was a coincidence. Yeah. But it was the opening of the Old Louisville Coffee Co-op, mm -hmm. which uh, is important because it is a worker-owned co-op. Uh, most of the workers are, most if not all of the workers are LGBT uh, in some way. Mm -hmm. They're people of color. It was supposed to be, you know, like a diverse like inclusive place. And I had done like a preview story about it. I was really excited, but here's the problem. They opened that day at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. I normally wake up since a lot of my job is work from home. I normally wake up around nine. Mm. So, and because I live in the East End, um, I had had to get up at 6 a.m. that day in order to make it for the opening. <laughs> now, beyond that, um, I get there and I knock on the door because I'm like, oh, hey, you know, they've already like I've already talked to someone. I'm like, I want to get in and get, you know, just a few minutes of shots before they open to the public. So I'm like, I, I just knock on the door. I'm not like, hey, let me in. Why aren't you open yet? I'm just like, hey, you know, it's me. And someone calls out from the inside like we're not open yet. And I'm like, oh, gosh, they think I'm like one of those people who's mm -hmm. trying to. The people that show up at your yard still at four in the morning. They're like, <laughs> we're right, we're ready. Exactly. So I'm like, OK, never mind. I was already tired. And then, you know, I go in and I do my thing and I'm just, I'm taking photos and I'm like, okay, well, since there's no way that, you know, I can take photos without people in them, I'm just going to have to be super quick here. Um, I just didn't want to have like too many photos with people because, uh, you know, it was eight in the morning and I didn't want to have to be like, yes, hi, I'm with Leo. I'm just taking photos of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I didn't want to have to like worry about like permission. Sure. So I was already just annoyed because of that. And then 20 minutes later, I've done my thing and I realized like, okay, yeah, I still want a few more photos of this, but it's too full of people at this point. I can't. I'm already three layers of annoyed. And then who the fuck should walk in after all of this has been going on, but a fucking wizard? I'm like, are you shitting me? I literally, I, I hope that you did not see me, but I absolutely rolled my eyes when I when you came in. Because you you came in and you were like, hey, you know, good morning, everybody. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And you were doing this like gesture. I was in a different mood that day. Yeah, yes. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was not. So I I just I was already grouchy. And I was like, you can like, there is no fucking way. Like, I, I need to leave. Um, and I felt bad because I was like, well, you know, a journalist, uh, you know, as especially as a journalist for an alternative newspaper. The fact that there is a guy dressed up like a wizard here, like this is something that I should be getting. But all I needed to get that day was just photos of the space yeah. and then do a write up and then leave. Um, <laughs> the friend who was with you and Lisa Ann took a video of me that Leo got tagged in where I am actively like scowling at you <laughs> like from as I walk by because oh. I'm like, really? Yeah. So the thing is, I've um, gotten that look plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found it funny, actually, when I asked you 
um, when we did the fact-checking session, like, hey, has anyone ever had a negative reaction to you? And you were like, oh, yeah, only one woman. And I was like, nope, two. But... Well, I, I, I don't notice someone scowling and walking by. I, I, had, I had a woman on the subway start praying at me in Latin because yeah. she thought my magic was the devil's doing. Um, and I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I definely in New York had plenty of people get on the train and go, not down with that and yeah, just exactly. walk straight past. And I think they have a right to do that. Like Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, continue. So you hated me at first sight. <laughs> no, I, well, it's not that I hated you, but I was definitely pissed off at you. Yeah. And while I was there... I actually wrote in a journalism uh, group, I was wondering like if I should even stop to talk to you at all, but I made a post in a journalism group, hang on one sec, mm -hmm. debating an ethical issue here. I'm at the opening of a coffee co-op and I'm the only journalist here. And it's a big deal that this exists because it's worker owned, diverse and inclusive by design. Most of the workers are people of color and or LGBTQ, et cetera. And there is a customer in a wizard outfit here, just straight up, a wizard outfit. The co-op has nothing to do with wizards or magic. He doesn't seem to be wearing it due to mental illness or religion or anything other than, well, choice. He actually just asked his girlfriend to take a photo of him. If I mention this, do you think it would undercut the seriousness slash legitimacy of the business opening? Like, it is a thing that happened. It's a true detail, and it's interesting, and at least some of the workers seem to know him, and he was one of their first customers. But also, as I mentioned, I don't want to give the impression that this is an unserious or too quirky place. In any case, journalism is never boring. And this is the photo I chose. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's a David Maddenly photo. I have that paperback. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my first impression of you. Just, uh, you know, it's like that Casablanca quote, out of all the bars in all mm -hmm. the world, she walked into mine. Oh. Out of all the coffee co-ops in all the world, he walked into mine and he was a fucking wizard. Technically, it's Old Louisville, which is my turf. So you were on my territory. <laughs> but okay, so from these very auspicious beginnings, yeah. keep going. Tell the story. So I, because Lisa Ann tagged Leo in it, mm -hmm. um, I found out, you know, who you were. And yeah. I just browsed through your, your profile and I was like, oh, wait, this guy is like somebody. He's been covered by the New York Times, the New York Post. Um, you know, he's not like just doing this as a one-off thing. He's, he's a known entity, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I... Um, I told my coworkers and one of them said, send him an email today. And the, and another one said like, no, hold off. I, I don't even remember how we got to this point, but in, it wasn't until August when I actually um, got the chance to email you. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you responded when I emailed you originally? Oh, I said, finally, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. And then, and this made my boss laugh uh, too. Uh, you said, if you come to wizard Wednesday, keep an eye out for me. I'll be the one dressed like a wizard. That was, I love that. That is true. Yeah. I'm easy to spot. Yes. Well, well, sort of. I mean, the way that I like structured my intro to the story is based on the fact that two of the times that I went, you were not, which yeah. very much surprised me. But yeah, it wasn't until August that um, the story really got started technically. And, uh, you know, even that first Wizard Wednesday, you told me was basically off the record. I mean, I got like basic notes and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really there like to interview people. And I think that was for the best. Like, yeah. you know, with an event like that, you want to, like, establish yourself first. But what I was worried about, actually, was that, like, the fact that someone, like, another reporter could come in and scoop the story. And I was extremely surprised that that did not happen. I know that you did, like, a like a hypno thing with one of the WDRB guys, right? And that one was, of the like, local news things, yeah. It was yeah. on their morning show. But that was not 
your wizardry. No. Right. Yeah. So like the fact that I was the first person to find this actually boggles my mind. But also like Well, you in the New York Times. The New York well, well, I mean, yeah. the first person in Louisville, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, the fact that I was the first person in Louisville to cover this. Um, I mean, okay, slight brag for a minute. I have there have been a, like other like cool stories mm -hmm. um where I was the first person to cover it, like in Louisville. And I'm like, how has no one else found out about this yet? But also like, ha, no yeah. one else has found out about this yet. Hell well, yeah. I think it's, you know, it, it, there's there's a whole other discussion that we won't have, but I'm just going to like allude to it mm -hmm. about um, the importance of local journalism mm -hmm. and the way that these things are being bought out by conglomerates and then underfunded and just tried to like squeeze the last bit of profit out. And that really does hurt a community because mm -hmm. um, it's great for local businesses when you get covered and it's great for people doing interesting things. And that's, you know, a great way to find your vibe in a new city. If you're new someplace and you look in the cool alt weekly and you're like, Oh my mm -hmm. God, this band I like is playing or like, Hey, this event sounds cool. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's a vital service to the community. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you found the story. I uh, figured when I first got here and I saw the Leo weekly, I was like, they'll probably wear it wizard eventually. <laughs> you know, it tends to, it tends to be something that people like the story of it's, yeah. it's a meta story, which then lends itself well to additional storytelling. Yeah. Um, so when did you feel like you went from being cranky about it to being excited about it? Was that just getting through your, your initial morning of waking up on the wrong side of the bed? Possibly. I mean, I think once I read more into your story, like the other coverage you had gotten, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wait, this guy isn't just a cosplayer. Mm -hmm. He's not like someone who at first, like all sorts of possibilities. Like I was thinking maybe you were just mentally ill. Maybe you were just like, um, you know, maybe you were just a cosplayer. I, I remember I think it was in the New York Post where someone commented like, oh, you know, the first time I saw him, I thought that Comic-Con was in town and like, fair enough. Yeah. Um, you know, you weren't trying to like lead a big religious movement or anything. You weren't trying to like claim that you could heal illnesses. I was like, okay, um, you know, this guy has this whole practice, but he is also sort of in on the joke. Mm -hmm. um, and I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago, but um, the way that I thought of it at first was similar to um, my, what was initially supposed to have been my capstone for journalism school was a profile about a kink uh, dungeon mm -hmm. in New York City that was adapting to COVID. And mm -hmm. I remember one quote that one of the dungeon leaders said at one point, which is, BDSM is all make-believe. It's mm -hmm. all pretend. But that dungeon has, like, 30 different house rules. Like, the, you know, the leaders, like, they spend, like, so much time just perfecting what they do and mm -hmm. just, you know, thinking about it and putting it into action. Yeah. And just, you know, it is their livelihood but at the end of the day, they're like, you know, no one actually owns anyone else. Like, if you are in a dynamic, like, you can leave. Yeah. You've agreed to be part of it, but you can leave. It's based on consent. Yeah. Exactly. And wizardry is, well, I can't exactly say it's the same thing, but it was, you know, a similar concept with, like, you know, you you take off the robes at the end of the day. And, like, even right now, you're just wearing, like, a sweater and, you know, normal pants and stuff. I have on slippers. That is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a similar thing. You know, you are you know how to do wizardry or like you, you know what it means to you and you know what it means not to do it. And just, that's what your practice is. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it combines like spending a lot of time working on it and perfecting it. And also just, you know, knowing that it exists mm -hmm. in the world. Well, I think there's a couple of points that I, I, in this conversation, I was excited to hear like what you had picked up and then how it ties back into the thoughts that I was having in 
early 2014 strategizing mm-hmm. some of this. And obviously there's so many ways that it's grown and changed. And when I was in 2014, I wasn't like eight years from now is when I'll be in Kentucky <laughs> talking to like, right. I didn't have it mapped out, but I was thinking several important things. One is uh wizard is a flashy word and it's a flashy outfit. So when you say it, people go, huh, wait, what a wizard. And that, has power that pulls people in. And then what am I going to do with it? And early on, I thought, well, I should then do a magic trick. I need to like bend their perception of reality. And I realized relatively quickly that that is contrived and that takes it in this direction that's not as authentic, which gets in the way of the actual magic that I want to expose people to. And so, yeah, when people on the train would be like, oh, do some magic, I would be like, you got, I got a stranger to talk to somebody else on the train. Like that, that is magic. (laughs) And so I think that is an important part of it. And then the other thing that you brought up, um, you know, was definitely a thing I was aware of, but it's sort of like you have to kind of look at it out of the corner of your eye. You can't just go up to the door and knock of social proof. If I'm just a guy in wizard robes, am I mentally ill? Do I believe weird things? Am I a creep? Like, what's going on? But when the New York Times wrote about me, um, I got very little, like, in the way of, like, opportunities or, like, you know, new followers or anything. Like, that article didn't have a big impact in that way. But now it is a very good piece of proof that I am, in fact, a wizard and it's not just a lark. And the more that those accumulate, the more that someone goes, that guy thinks he's a wizard. And someone goes, yeah, he is a wizard. Yeah, yeah. Same reason that they put quotes on, you know, restaurant websites and stuff like humans like it when other people say like, I'll vouch for this. And so um, that's an important part of what I've tried to approach is it's one thing for me to believe in myself as being a wizard. It's a lot more important for other people to uh, know a wizard, to believe in a wizard, to be excited about a wizard. So how did that when you started working on this story, how many times did you tell people you were writing a story about a wizard? More times than I can count. And let me, here, look at this. I still have your business card. Every single time, well, almost every single time that I have told someone I have a, I'm writing a story about a wizard, I would pull out the card and say, Mm -hmm. no, look, a wizard. Further proof. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's funny because it's, it's just using a convention. It's literally a piece of paper that says the word wizard on it. Yeah. But because it looks like what we think a business card looks like, we then assume this level of professionalism and realness. There's a better word. Uh, similitude or something like that. But uh, there's some level of realness that it like proves. Although it's hilarious. It's the idea of being like, I'm a doctor. And someone's like, really? And you're like, right, doctor on a post. And you show it to them. They're like, oh, yeah. damn, he's a doctor. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny, though, I'm thinking of a, uh, a very famous story and you may have heard of it. It's called The Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. in which a wizard gives proof to other people who need it uh-huh. of their own powers. Exactly. Well, technically, like you just said, as a journalist, I am giving proof to you. Mm-hmm. So that's Meta, I guess. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, (laughs) to go back a little bit, like, in terms of social proof, the way that I had to approach this story, and, like, my boss said at some point that I was using language that was a little too close to yours. Mm. Like, I couldn't be just saying straight out, like, this guy is, you know, a magic... Like, I had had the... um, the the subhead magic man at one point um i was just thinking of the heart song magic yeah, man yeah. which i absolutely love um especially because like i use that as the music for my instagram story when i first posted it because yeah. there's a lyric try 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 to understand mm-hmm. that i'm a magic man right. i was like there we sum go sum up the whole story in one line anyway um i just 
I had to approach this as sort of like a religion story. Mm. I couldn't say, for example, like, you know, magic is 100% real and it is shooting fireballs and casting spells. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you said the quote that you said, that was like, I could say that I believe that, you know, magic is casting fireballs and I can cast fireballs and, oh, it didn't work because that's the moon's in the wrong position. Um, no, no, no. Instead, I'm saying, you know, I believe in like or humanity and connection and fun. And that's what I tell people when I'm a wizard. And that's what makes them think about that. I was like, yes, thank God. I have that quote that proves, <laughs> you know, what I am trying to say. Right. Um, but yeah, I had to approach this like a religion story. Um, I sent you the quote or the story about the um, the psychedelic mushroom church. That yeah, I did. sanctuary. There's a psychedelic mushroom church here in Louisville that basically uses Kentucky's religious freedom act to be like, we can take mushrooms if we want. Basically. Yeah. As yeah. long as they're not hurting anyone, they, yeah. they pretty much can. Um, and this story had so many similarities to that, just in terms of like the approach and just the extent to which it dominated my brain, mm. like while I was working on it. Um, but also the fact that like, you know, with sanctuary, I couldn't say like definitively, um, cause it would have been irresponsible. Like mm. mushrooms are definitely a connection to God. Right. They are definitely a connection to nature. Instead, I had to say, these people say that magic mushrooms mm. are a connection to God. You know, this guy says that. Um, magic is connecting people and magic is this and magic is that. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I think like letting people say it in their words, own words is a very important part of journalism mm -hmm. and not, um, I've definitely seen people where they like overly editorialize and then it kind of smears it a little bit. But I think it's also worthwhile to be um, questioning and skeptical. I think, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of problems uh, where journalists were like, well, we have to tell both sides of the story. And that meant giving equal space to, you know, the small group of people who deny climate change is real because that's balanced against yeah. the 99% of scientists who are like, this is definitely real. Like, come on, we got to do something. So I think that, yeah, questioning those narratives is good. I, as a wizard, expect people to be skeptical <laughs> of me yeah. and am uh, more weirded out often when they're not. Right, right. Um, no, I think that that's a good thing for sure. Another thing, like another aspect of the sort of religious element um, so, like, Hyacinth got a tarot reading. I have also gotten a tarot reading. Hyacinth is uh, an attendee at Wizard Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I almost don't want to admit this because I don't want to be, like, giving credence to it and making people think that, like, I am 100%, you know, on the occult believer side because that would, again, delegitimize the story a little. But the tarot reading you gave me was actually extremely accurate. And here's the funny thing. I didn't follow the instruction that you gave. Yeah. And it led to a negative consequence. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I've, um, as a wizard, when I was granting boons on the, the subway, I would tell people, you know, tasks to do. And um, it's not like I'm like, I'm right 100% of the time. I have hidden knowledge. But I think it's an option. And I think when people don't take that, um, often there is a feeling of like, oh, it's like when you don't listen to your intuition, right? Yeah. When you're like, you have that gut check and you're like, I'm just going to ignore that. And then later you're like, oh, I really shouldn't have ignored that. But yeah, I think uh, the, the the tarot readings that I that I do at Wizard Wednesday are fun because, again, I'm just going to keep with this theme of story. Um, I try and find a very narrative approach. I try and figure out what the cards as a whole are telling rather than list individual details, um, which I think is the thing that you as a journalist have to do. You can't just say, Here's a bunch of facts about <laughs> this person. So I'm curious about your process of like what you thought. Um, I guess a couple of questions. Like what was the most surprising to you as you were digging into it? And then 
how did the story take shape? What did you find was like the most meaningful anchor for you and what you wanted to express in it? So I'll answer the second question first. The Mm -hmm. most meaningful thing for me was, well, two things. One, when I saw that this was like a community event, Mm -hmm. I thought if this is a profile, oh, I should probably also mention, I went way over the word limit. The original word limit from my editor was 1,500 words. Mm -hmm. It was just one profile and that's it. But I thought, well there's this wizard and he has friends Mm -hmm. and he's been making more friends and he's been making the friends make other friends. Mm -hmm. So that's the story. Like if it were just, you know, a wizard, like here, here we are up in your attic, Mm -hmm. you know, you you don't just sit here and cast spells and like just sort of look out onto the the square and just, you know, do your thing like from a dark tower exiled. Like you're out there. I do, but then I also, I also get out in those streets. Yeah. Fair. But uh, yeah, no, you, you have built a community. And so I thought, this can't be just a profile story. This has to be mm-hmm. a profile and a profile with a community aspect. Mm-hmm. So the that was one of the anchors. The other anchor was the second Wizard Wednesday that I went to, I walked in and I immediately did not see you. And I thought, oh, fuck, my story is dead. There's no one here. Devin's not here. Yeah. This is not good. Mm-hmm. And then I turned to the right and I was like, oh, there you are. He's doing a tarot <laughs> reading. Um, but also, like, there was one Wizard Wednesday where... I was trying to, I hope you didn't notice, but I was sort of following you around just waiting for you to do something wizardly. And I, I talked to Sarah at one point um, who who asked like, hey, you know, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm looking to see if Devin is doing anything wizardy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, she said like, oh, is he? And I was like, no, he's not. And she said, fucking normie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I... Like the intro starts off the way that it does because, you know, there's only one wizard. Well, Mm -hmm. there's only one Devon person, but there are other wizards at this bar and there are other friends of the wizard at this bar. And like, if you go, you're not going to see like a guy standing in the middle of the room, like, you know, casting down spells and fireballs Mm -hmm. and like bubbling a cauldron and stuff like that. You're going to see people talking. Some of them will be dressed up, but they will all like be there and be happy you will see Devin eventually because he wants to meet you. And I think mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Um, and you will also see him because he's a fucking wizard. So obviously. My hat is very tall. Uh, that it is. But yeah, that was another like anchor for me. Um, I absolutely, absolutely love doing long form reporting, but mm-hmm. endings and beginnings are usually more difficult than like the middles. Yeah. So when I, when I realized that the fact that, you know, it's easier to find your friends than it is to find you, which Mm -hmm. is ironic. Um, I was like, there you go. And that sets up the fact that this is a community story. Right. So there we are. Yeah, I think that's a really important element to it and one that I try and balance because obviously in this identity, it's about me being a wizard. Mm -hmm. And I differ from Gilly where while I tell people I believe in you, your magic is real, I don't go around saying... Everyone can be a wizard. Everyone should be a wizard. Let me make you a wizard. Yeah. I'm actually uh, a lot more, uh, you know, frustratingly zen about it. Where if someone's like, hey, I want to become a wizard. How do I figure it out? I'm like, that is step one of being a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) You got to figure that out for yourself. Exactly. No one else can tell you. Um, But I've known in my life that doing things where you're just promoting yourself have a limited return. Like, Mm. you know, some people are great at creating this influencer brand identity or whatever, but if it's all about me, 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 
then you're just saying, hey, everyone look at me. And then they're like, all right, we got it. If you can flip that around and elevate other people and create something that they can get out of it, mm -hmm. then that's where I think Wizard Wednesday especially succeeds because I've let go. I've had other events where it's like, I'm going to perform. I'm the wizard. And this one, I'm like, eh, I'm lazy wizard now. I'm just going to let everybody hang out. And people enjoy that more. I think it's, you know, special if I do some sort of performance, but it's also special when people can go because they've had a rough week. They're looking forward to seeing friends. They want to go someplace that feels a little different. Well, one thing about it, you mentioned performance. I had a section, I think it was like 400 words probably that was just about your Krampus knocked performance mm. because well, two reasons. One, that's hilarious. It, I like, I laughed. Um, and also, so I, was, I did a thing uh, just for context. Uh, there was a Krampus knocked like Krampus night event uh, here in Louisville, and my friend's band Isolation Tank Ensemble asked me to do something. And you know, blessing and a curse. Most of my performances are completely bespoke. I don't have like, ah, let's do routine number two. It's like, all right, what is this? It's a Krampus event. So I did a whole thing about how we're going to summon Krampus with the band playing music to accompany that. So that was fun. I originally included that because I was like, well, this is kind of a, a beautiful and hilarious like contrast with the uh, the wizard hotline. You're like, call in with your problems. Let me know what is on your mind. And then at Krampus Knocked, you were like, we're all going to shake our, our dicks and we're all going to like piss. Everybody's going <laughs> to piss. Are we pissing? I was in the spirit of Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad I, you didn't include that in the, <laughs> in the article. I think it had a little bit of a more you had to be there kind of vibe to it. But yeah. You know what's funny? Mm -hmm. I was there, but I didn't see you. Oh, that is funny. I think I arrived either too early and I left early or too late and I left too late or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I did not see you. I promise if I had seen that, like, and I had heard It'd someone say, story. yeah, like I am Devin Person, Louisville's resident wizard. I would have been like, uh, excuse me. Hello. Let me talk to you. <laughs> Look at my press pass. Please talk to me right now. Yeah. Good thing I found you when you were grumpy instead. <laughs> Well, yeah, you you cast a spell of changing my mood over a long period of time. Well, and I think that's a really important element to just all of this is I've had someone ask where they're like, hey, I was feeling like really magical and wonderful and synchronicities everywhere. And now I feel like I kind of lost my way again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is life. I am a wizard. I have not figured out <laughs> how to just be happy all the time. I don't think that's a good idea. Even yeah. if I could, I think that would be uh, problematic. And that often it's those moments of like gloomy frustration when that bird can fly in through the window and suddenly you're like, whoa, and that took me in a very different direction. So yeah. I, I will say just as much as like when I started, when I was working on the mushroom story, I saw mushrooms everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, last few weeks I've been seeing wizards everywhere. Yeah, Same they, thing. they will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then everyone will send you wizard memes too now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, no, every time I see a wizard meme, <laughs> Like, I'm always like, Devin's, I, I want to send this to Devin, but he's already probably, he's probably already sent eh, it. I don't mind getting sent more. Fair. People like, again, it's one of those things where people are like, I know you've probably seen this a hundred times. And they send me the coolest thing I've never seen before. And I'm like, oh. yeah, you, you never know. Yeah. Although speaking of like seeing um, like wizards and mushrooms pretty much everywhere. One mm -hmm. thing I wanted to mention, especially like seeing the cats up here. Um, it got to the point uh, at one at several points, actually, where, um, you know, this is bound to happen anytime you spend a lot of time working on any one project. Mm -hmm. But I have had several like stress dreams about this story. Oh. One of them that I specifically remember is the day that it was October 15th that night. You know, that that was when we did like the fact checking thing at Old Louisville Brewery. Mm -hmm. This was right before I woke up. I had had a dream where the story had come out. 
and you told me, how could you forget my arigato, which for some reason was spelled A-R-I-G-A-T-T-O. And you were like, it's my cat that says thank you. And it was like one of those Chinese lucky cat statues yeah. that says thank you. And literally for 20 minutes, right when I woke up, I was still in that brain haze of like, oh my God, I forgot Devin's arigato. How could I, how could I do that? How could I forget that? And then I woke up like for real and I was like, Devin doesn't have a lucky cat statue that says thank you. That's true. I do not. Or <laughs> yeah. maybe I do. Or maybe you do. Maybe I do and Shit. I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the process of doing this story, you know, maybe this is because of magic, who knows? Um, but yeah, this, it's definitely like, it, it weighed very heavily on me in a good way, mm. I would say, you know? So I want to go back and ask, um, was there anything that you found like particularly surprising in some moment where you're oh. like, it took a real turn that you weren't expecting other than being like, oh, that guy's not crazy. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a New York Times article about him, which makes him sane. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely surprised when you said that most people were receptive to your magic at first. Mm. And you said that you that surprised you as well. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, I was definitely surprised when I saw people show up to the first Wizard Wednesday that I went to and they were also dressed up. I mean, granted, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not as much as you or I guess no one is as much of a wizard as you are. I think that's fair. But, um, you know, there were other people who were also like taking part of this in a pretty like you know, fairly serious way. And so I was like, how has this not, how have we not covered this before? Well, you know? that was new. Well, fair. Yeah, I think um, the, you know, things grow on their own and coincide in mysterious ways. That's the whole flow of magic I'm trying to play in. And yeah, I think after the anniversary, a couple of people who had come to that or um, had wanted to come for a while started showing up and brought their own more wizardly attire and like mm -hmm. I think you happen to come on one time or a few different groups that just happened to do that so yeah there's that sort of spontaneous magic and again we're all uh, objects and subjects we're all observed and having our own experience of, of that mm -hmm. and so now you have uh tipped the scales of reality in a different direction and so maybe more people will come dressed up because they read about it in the paper I don't know We'll see tonight. I'm I'm hoping. Um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, with the sanctuary story, I I was told, you know, a few months after that story came out, I was told that 50 to 75 new people mm -hmm. had joined the church because of that article. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, you know, a church, uh, like I was saying before we started recording, is you know that's a one ever like one day a week thing for two hours, mm -hmm. sometimes in person, sometimes not. Um, but it's you know that's that's a pretty sizable time commitment wizard wednesday is one month or one day a month yeah but they have cool drugs we just have regular old alcohol i'm not, <laughs> I'm not allowed to give people mushrooms at my event yeah yeah but when you were saying like on instagram you know you don't know what kind of magic mm -hmm. could come of this i also don't know what kind of magic could come of this everything leads to something you know i've already gotten a couple of just messages from from people and i i really i think expectation is important and yeah. i think there's one idea of like not having expectations where it's incredibly pessimistic and it's like something bad's always going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's a negative expectation. Yeah. Um, whereas letting go of expectations, uh, one of the things that I try and do is focus on the human element. So I don't know how many people listen to the podcast. I don't know how many people visit my website. I don't really look at analytics because mm -hmm. I don't care about analytics. Um, it's a lot more meaningful. The fact that someone is listening to this right now, you are hearing what I am saying to you. <laughs> Hello, you. Yes, I'm talking to you. And that matters. That is magical. Yeah. And some of the things that have changed my life have been, you know, just a single new friend. Like the first article that got written about me in the Daily Dot 
came out the day that my Kickstarter to release my book finished. So a bunch of people started messaging me and be like, hey, the Kickstarter just ended. Like, how do I support it? I'm like, eh, you don't because I'm weird and like <laughs> yeah. self-sabotage. And I was like, I'm not going to extend it. Like, so that was very funny. But then the one email I got was from a friend who was like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? And I never met this dude before. But then um, Sean and Cass that run the Very Eight podcast ended up becoming good friends of mine and definitely an inspiration in starting my own podcast. So everything leads to something else. So my excitement is much more what door will open and where that door will lead and so on and so forth rather than, you know, any specific results. On that note, mm-hmm. I was actually wondering if I should have told you this earlier, but speaking of like what doors could open from this story. Mm-hmm. So in January, I am going to be laid off. Okay. Yeah. And when you were saying, you know, earlier, like, oh, you know, it's it's so bad that alt weeklies are getting bought out by like, corporations and stuff tell me about it yeah i had a feeling yeah Yeah. um so yeah uh so honestly like i like the part of the reason why i spent as much time on this as i did Uh is because i was like well i need to get in you know as many good portfolio pieces for this as possible Mm -hmm. um plus i also thought like you know hey being on a wizard podcast like Free publicity. Why there you not? Go. Yeah. Um, Podcast of record. Yeah, exactly. When I hear you say like, oh, I wonder, you know, where this story could lead. Mm-hmm. That has a bit of a different implication for me than just I wonder how many people are going to show up sure. to Wizard Wednesdays in the future. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, my business card says no one meets a wizard by accident. And I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's you know, often more important for somebody else and how when they're telling their life story, there's a moment where they go, and then I met a wizard and the crowd <laughs> gasps. And that's yeah. very different than my story. And then I became a wizard. So I'm curious uh, to get just a little more like spiritual and sentimental. Mm-hmm. Um, writing this story already just at this point, what do you feel like has changed for you in terms of your own ideas about yourself, magic, community, the world? Can I start off with my my thoughts on like how it's changed my view on journalism? Sure. So um, a key, key, key player in this, in like my journalistic approach in general, mm-hmm. is a reporter named Andrea Elliott. Okay. Um, have you ever read the book Invisible Child? No. Highly, highly, highly recommended, by okay. the way. Um, basically, she is a reporter. Uh, I don't know if she's still with the New York Times, but she at least used to be. And she has this book called Invisible Child that is she followed a um, family over the course of eight years. Wow. And they're actually, yeah, they're a family in Brooklyn. Um, in, um, oh shoot, what is the other neighborhood? Uh, Fort Green, not okay. Greenpoint, but mm-hmm. Fort Green. You know, that was immersive writing, like yeah. at its finest. Um, you know, she would live with them occasionally. Like this was a family of, uh, I think eight kids and two parents. And the story covers everything from like, you know, racism, gentrification, class differences, educational differences, like everything mm-hmm. that, you know, is like a big buzzword of academia, but literally in like in a, a single human story. Basically, yeah. yeah. And she just writes in such a way that like she is so full of detail and her prose style is just so good. And like every time I need to do a long form piece, Mm -hmm. I go back to that book and I'm like, how would Andrea have done it? Yeah. And so with you, um, it's been a similar thing. Like I have talked to, you know, people I have like been at the Wizard Wednesdays. Obviously, I wasn't just like, all right, Devin, we're just going to talk for an hour on the phone and then I'm going to write up the story and we're going to be done. Mm -hmm. Like I had to meet people. Um, You remember how how, like meticulous I was in trying to find out like, you know, what happened with the gift exchange at the Wizard Wednesday. Extremely meticulous. Very. (laughs) I I love flavor text. Mm -hmm. I love, 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 love detail. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have said this before and I'll say it again. 
Uh, journalism is both the best and worst profession to have if you have OCD like mm. I do. Um, it's not, you know, it's like I have to be like accurate and factual yeah. because I have to be accurate and factual, but also because my brain will not let me do anything else. Oh, for sure. I remember when I was first uh, doing like arts and entertainment journalism mm -hmm. and I would get an interview with some band and be like, all right, I've got to like listen to all their stuff this week. Yep. I've got to read all these other interviews. Then I would have it like have weird meta interviews where I'm asking them about like, hey, everyone keeps asking this question. You're giving different answers like, oh, we're so sick of getting that question. So we're just <laughs> making shit up at this point. Yeah. And it's like, all right, like. <laughs> yeah, but it was very interesting to to have that process. Um, mm -hmm. So doing this story and your attention to detail, what do you what do you feel like changed for you? I guess just getting to actually do that, like on a subject that I cared about. You know, this was the first long form story. If we're talking about long form as like actual long form, you know, the last it's eleven fucking pages. Yeah, uh, I think the final word count was like forty nine, like eighty or something yeah. like that. So nearly five thousand words, mm -hmm. um, not including the captions. Yeah, like what changed for me, I guess, is just being able to do that again and just being able to feed my brain in mm -hmm. that way. Like with the mushroom story, you know, it was a similar thing where like. As a rule, I couldn't send you the story, mm -hmm. um, but I could go point by point and bullet by bullet. Um, and, you know, with the mushroom story, when I was fact checking that, I was like, all right, is your name such and such spelled mm -hmm. this way? Uh, were you born in this year? Are you this many years old? Are you from this town? It's where to the point where you're like basically giving them the story, but not really. Mm -hmm. And with this, it's like it was a similar thing. But uh, one benefit is that I didn't have to involve the legal system. Yeah. Because I didn't have to check any laws about whether or not wizardry is uh, is legal. Or, it's totally illegal. Yeah. <laughs> or whether or not... Wizardry is not a crime. <laughs> um, and also, to my knowledge, you have never been arrested for wizardry. I, to your knowledge. I hope. <laughs> it's a little late for me to find out yeah, at this point. All, all those records are sealed. Yeah. But what changed for me is just getting to like bring back that dormant part of my brain again. Because mm. I did a 1,200-word story um, profile on a band that I liked back in like July, mm -hmm. but I had not gotten to do this kind of a deep dive right. since April, since the mushroom story. And keep in mind, I had to turn around that story in about two weeks. Mm. Um, I did not have three months or however many months like I did for yeah. this, but getting to do that and getting to be like, all right, what is, you know, there's so much flavor text here. Like there's so much that I have to check and just so much that I have to involve myself in. That just makes my brain so happy yeah. to do that. If you were like the owner of a drywall business or mm -hmm. something like that, that I just couldn't latch onto, it would be different. But you're a fucking wizard. I got to do a fucking profile story on a wizard. And there's so much detail to it. It just it just made me so happy to be able to do that. Well, I think, um, you know, my background before wizardry was in journalism. And I definitely thought about interviewing people and do I want to be the interviewer, the interviewed? <laughs> and there's no like you know, yeah. valuation there, just different experiences. And then thought about what makes something um, newsworthy? Like what, you know, what is the difference between uh, man bites dog and, or yeah, dog bites yeah. man and man <laughs> bites dog. Um, so being a wizard, I feel like I really kind of tried to load that in a way that it's catnip for journalists. It's like, hey, <laughs> here's an interesting thing yeah. that people like to hear the word wizard and they get excited about. And it feels like, a feather in the cap in the way of, you know, it stands out from the new community center loses funding story yeah. and all the other stuff. Not that that news isn't important, but it's just different. Yeah. Um, 
Normally at the end of an episode, we come up with a spell, but I think this episode is quite special because it is in itself a spell. If we want to get a little bit more psychedelic in our ideas about time and space, um, I don't think about one destiny. Like it's like we're on a fixed track and it's all moving one way, but I think about almost like branches, like some branches become huge major lines of the tree and other ones are little sticks that, you know, don't really go anywhere or become as important. And so when I think about the effect of this story, just being literally there is wood pulp, there are tree branches that have been turned into paper that now have this story engraved into them in ink. Like it is like printed on that. People are reading it. Human attention is on it. There are other people who have already heard about wizardry, but now there are new people who had it before. And to me, that kind of anchors that me in the past that was looking, you know, where do I go? Like mm-hmm. Louisville now has a stronger gravity because of this, this story. Um, but with the Leo weekly um, letting you go, I'm curious about if you are going to tell the story of how writing about a wizard changed your journalism career and let you do more of the long form that you loved. What, what is that future moment that you feel like you'd like to reach out for? So I actually want to I want to um, pause for a sec. It wasn't actually Leo that's letting me go. It was our corporate owners. All my my coworkers were extremely like, oh, sure. incensed about this. I just want to. Sure. I want people to know that so that if they pick up the paper, they're not like, oh, fuck Leo for, no, for letting yeah. this it's, writer it's go. It's the corporate it, villains. It was completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scoundrels. <laughs> um, basically, you're saying if I could reach back. Reach from, forward. Or reach forward. Yeah. Because you get to tell a story, right? Like, yeah. you know, I was a journalist living in Louisville, Kentucky. And then one day I was grumpy at a coffee shop and I met a wizard. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this story that really reignited my passion for long form journalism. And right at that same time, the corporate scoundrels let me go. Yeah. And so what is the future you that you want to um, reach out towards? I want to reach out to someone who is doing more photography than I do on a regular basis. Technically, my title is staff photographer slash reporter mm-hmm. or staff reporter slash photographer, depending on what kind of event I need to get press access to. to the manager. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the, the, the Carolyn that I want to reach out to in the future is someone who is doing more long form journalism about cool subjects like this, mm-hmm. doing more photography and just getting to explore other cool stuff that, you know, you get to experience at an alt weekly mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily at a mainstream publication. Like I have this on my resume too. Like I have a specific passion for finding and covering quote unquote weird stories. Oh yeah. So like I've written about, you know, a psychedelic mushroom church, mm-hmm. a wizard, um, the fat fetish, like dating community, mm. um, a kink dungeon, um, a, what else? Um, like a female-fronted deathcore band, mm. a punk festival at a skate park. Yeah. Which, to be to be totally fair, like I'm, I'm actually very surprised that you were not at that. The one summer. here in Louisville. Yeah, yeah, I saw photos later, and I was really bummed that I hadn't known about <laughs> it. It looked fucking rad. You should have, you should have yeah. gone. It was yeah. like in wizard robes or without. Although yeah. I would have said if you had been there in wizard robes, you would have like died. I was wearing <laughs> shorts and a t-shirt, and I almost passed out. Yeah, but anyway, um, I need to get my skate wizard look on. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So the future me that I want to call out to is someone who has as close to a full time job as possible. You know, having having been able to cover this story, just. I want people to see that, like, as a reporter, I want to find the quote unquote weird people mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do a point and stare story at you yeah. about you. Like, did you feel that I was making fun of you? No. 
See, exactly. And like the same thing with the mushroom church. I will admit the first time I heard of that, I was like, there's a church that's based on psychedelic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh Mm uh-huh. Okay. But after I got to know them, um, you know, I was, I was a little skeptical, but, uh, after I got to know them, I was like, if these people are just doing this for like free shrooms, they are going to way extensive lengths to do this. So therefore they yeah, must you can be, just find those things on the ground <laughs> uh, that's literally where they come from yeah well i actually had to take that section out of the story mm. for space reasons but they literally come from like local parks yeah anyway yeah what i want people to take away or like the future that i want to call out to is a future where people you know are coming to me with their quote-unquote weirdness and saying hey like elevate us with your journalism yeah you want to like to see this we want to see you seeing us Help like, us create anchors of this reality by literally. social proof. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I, one more thing. To that end, I will say being a journalist is a lot like being a wizard mm. because people know what they know about you reading this story because of what I put in. Mm-hmm. You know, you were not writing these words. I quote you, but the words are ultimately mine. The reality of you mm-hmm. that people are seeing in this story is because I put it there. Mm-hmm. I am creating a reality for them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, reflection and amplification, distortion, all of the things that we experience when we view things and have our own experience. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just I'll just wrap this up by saying um, it means a lot to me to celebrate this anniversary. I think birthdays and holidays are important because you can think about where was I at Halloween last year, and it mm-hmm. like creates this moment. Whereas where was I June third, twenty twelve? Like who knows? Um, so they're important, and I think anyone can access this magic that we've been discussing by thinking first and foremost, what was a you that was younger that dreamed of what you were doing now? Like, you know, we all were at some point like, you know, high school students that had no idea what we do in the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh my God, where are we, where are we going to go? So one is taking a moment to always send that energy back to the past and let yourself know, Hey, (laughs) I'm in a great relationship. And I want you to remember that when you're in that bad relationship or single, like I'm, I'm pulling you towards me. Like we're moving towards this future that I'm currently in. And then the other is doing what you're doing and reaching out to that future self who one day can go back and listen to this interview and be like, Oh yeah, that's really when I, Didn't even know that that other opportunity was around the corner. Like, there Mm -hmm. you go. So normally I would do an outro, but we're just doing this all live. So where can people um, tune into your magic? How can they get in touch with you with their exciting, weird news stories and journalistic opportunities? If you're in Louisville and you are doing something cool between now and January 19th, C Brown, C-B-R-O-W-N at leoweekly.com. Um, outside of that, any other opportunities, cebrownphoto at gmail.com. My website is cebrownphoto.com. The story is already up there. Um, if you want to take a look at it outside of uh, the Leo website and just see some of the uh, little like director's cut things that I added back into the story that we had to take out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm really open to anything journalistic, but obviously, you know, stuff like this, the weird stuff, like this is my thing. You know, being at an alt weekly, you get to do stuff like this. And this is just what I want to keep doing. So if you have anything like that, if you're another wizard, um, by all means, reach out, even if you're not a wizard. Oh, yeah. Reach out. If you're another wizard, we got (laughs) shit to talk about. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. 
Um, if you're another wizard or a wannabe wizard or just a weirdo, you can also continue to connect with this podcast as a ritual. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. I am now a fully self-employed wizard, so that <laughs> money is very helpful. Uh, it pays for all of the sound that I put into the microphone. Sound costs lots of money. Um, anyways, that's enough of me. Thank you so much for writing this story and getting over your grumpiness. I really appreciate the journey that we've been on together. Uh, I think there's no better way to end this than to say, Carolyn Brown, I believe in you. Your magic is real. <laughs>